Welcome to Planet Arcana Q&A. Q&A away. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Sky. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be hosting this little sesh here. Um, so to celebrate our Big Arc 1 finale, episode 24, the other day, we did a Q&A. Uh, and we wanted to do something a little different. We wanted to hear from you, the listeners, any questions that may have been wriggling around in your heads regarding the Fifth Glide, the characters, the DMs, the players, and all things actual play D&D, TTRPG related. And you came through. Uh, in fact, we had so many questions that I'm not sure we'll be able to get through all of them, but we'll do our best. So let's jump right into this thing. And I'm going to start with a question for J and B. Hey, DMs. <laughs> and this is a question from at Pira. To me, this podcast was a piece of art. And because art influences art, I wanted to know what were some of your artistic influences before you kind of had the idea for this world, if any? Mm. Thanks, Pira. I saw this question in advance and I feel like We've talked about our influences a lot, like especially for me, like Final Fantasy VII, Studio Ghibli. But something that I don't think we've talked about is that right before we started designing this world, we watched the finale of um, She-Ra <gasps> and Princesses of Power together. <sighs> yes. And that was like a week before we started making this world. And I think it definitely influenced a lot of the, the like aesthetics. Oh, my God. That is such a good... I, I had previously not connected that but 100,000 percent I was in a <laughs> right? she and the princesses of power is like mindset in my heart yeah. and soul when we started planning 100 percent yeah yeah Ooh, damn that's a <laughs> that's a good addition yeah I will second everything that Jay said I'm gonna add neon genesis evangelion on there I will also add that during session planning, there's two playlists that were have been super like motivational, and I would kind of count them as influences just as much as any like media. And one of them Jay made, and one of them I made, and they're both for when we play TTRPGs. Um, <laughs> but I'll often just like do music video shit in my head while trying to put together ideas for next sessions while listening to those playlists. So that also. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and to follow up that question, I have another uh, question for the two DMs um, from <gasps> L. What made you think tarot was a cool way to make a world? Because it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the validation. Yes. <laughs> I think that tarot is a really super accessible to me quite simple and uh, fun way to play with archetypes. And archetypes are just an easy and fun way to make a story because they're, yeah, like they're accessible, they're recognizable, and then you can immediately turn them on their, their heads without having to like build up what they are, you know, who they are, mm -hmm. what they do, da -da 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 -da. like everyone's just kind of ready to go and for them to get fucked with. Um, that That's my piece on that. Yeah, I, I echo that. 100%. Hell yeah. All right. So you know the DMs. We also have here Sean and Peter, the players. Hey. Yeah. And this uh, is... Hi. Stop. Huh, stop. stop. <laughs> 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 it's for recharge. It felt weird like someone saying my name and there wasn't a sup afterwards. Well, this is a question for all of us. When are you going to play fuck Mary kill with the list of planet arcana and pcs that's from jonathan Z. <laughs> I, may, may, I thought may, of mine before this <laughs> yeah like this was like one of the questions that caught my eye a couple of days ago and i've thought a, like i thought very hard about this i have 
two answers for this. <laughs> uh, if we're doing just like the the three characters, going to uh, fuck Crater uh, <laughs> just because he's big and you know, you know <laughs> big, big hands, big, big socks. Uh, big. Gonna gonna marry Riot for the clout and the influence. Oh, hey. Yeah, and I'm hey. going to I'm going to kill Celestine because you're a child, and I feel really bad. But there was no other option. Hey, Celestine is not a child. Celestine's not a child. Celestine gets treated in in childlike ways and 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 behaves sometimes in childlike ways. But let's just for the for the record and and you know to 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 clarify all of the drug use and whatnot. <laughs> Celestine is not a child. All right, he just didn't complete his journey. He, however, he may feel about him himself he's not actually a functional child sure i think in crater's eyes though like he's like he's he's kind of like yeah crater feels paternal toward him and that's fine that's a different thing than celestine actually being a child with a joint hanging out of his mouth (laughs) it's really funny that a siren came up in the background (laughs) (laughs) the moment you started talking about fucking children over a microphone sean we just got no i would would like to make it very clear i was threatening to kill a child. That's, right. that's, yeah. that's a well, very, very big difference. A fucking pervert. <laughs> oh, craters canceled. <laughs> um, that was awesome. The question did, however, refer to NPCs specifically. Yeah. Oh, it's... Which I'm down for both of these. To be honest, I'm down oh. for both. Oh. I'll save mine because I have them ready. Fuck Yeehaw McGraw. No explanation needed. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Mary Bonbon Vibrato Solmazate. Mm. Um, money mm. status. That voice. <laughs> it all. <laughs> I love it. And kill. Um, fuck Swearington because he is an eldritch god. <laughs> <laughs> He must be taken out. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. I'm gonna say fuck JD Detective and that's it. Whoa. <laughs> no, this is an equal exchange. You have to kill somebody. Okay. I'm gonna fuck JD Detective. I'm gonna marry um I'm also gonna marry Bon Bon. It just seems like a really secure future. Yeah. And then I'm gonna kill Harley High Stakes, because y'all didn't. Mm. Oh. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go with um, a shock value. One. I'm gonna <laughs> fuck fuck Swearington. Oh my god! I'm gonna marry the hags, <laughs> and I'm gonna kill the baby androids. The baby, <laughs> every baby android. This felt like an episode of Fear Factor. What the hell? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, my god. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Hag quadruple. Quadruple. Oh my god! Boy, oh boy. All right, is it just me? Am I the only one yep. left here? Oh, goodness. Okay. Don't think, just fuck. Don't. <laughs> All right, well, it's obviously fuck Linger. It's obviously fuck yeah, Linger nice. because oh, shit. he's yeah. so yeah. handsome, and you don't want to marry somebody that handsome because everybody else is just going to be after him. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a nice dude, but I don't want that. I I don't want that kind of pressure. Um. So yeah, fuck Linger, marry. Oh, you see, I know things that the other. I don't. I, I know things that aren't released yet, and so <laughs> I'm I, as a little teaser. I'm going to say for reasons that nobody knows yet, marry Honeypot. That's. <laughs> I'm going to say marry Honeypot, kill Aqualung, because, well, we did. There it is. I I was waiting for someone to say Aqualung. Yeah. Uh, Literally. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Let's end this here. It's it's only going to get uglier. (laughs) Okay, here's a good one. Um, How 
do you come up with NPC names? Uh, and there's a, also a, a note here, a boudoir finger brisket. Sorry. <laughs> finger brisket. Finger brisket. Oh, man. Finger there's there's got to be a finger brisket. Just shredded. Boudoir <laughs> finger biscuit has to be one of the most colorful names I have heard in any D&D podcast. So this is a question from Lulu. Mm. Lulu. I feel like the story behind Boudoir Finger Biscuits will tell you exactly how we name all of our NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you two take that one. Fucking... So I, I, I want to take credit for Boudoir Finger Biscuits, and that is like the only name I can take credit for in this entire world, aside from Celestine. Um, but <laughs> Boudoir Finger Biscuits was literally written on a package of cookies that we had. And I swear to God, if you Google Boudoir Finger Biscuits, you'll find that package of cookies and we were just sitting there eating cookies one night and i'm like boudoir finger biscuits had myself a chuckle and was like that's a planet arcana name and B just wrote it down and eventually used it if you say names in front of me they're mine um, oh yeah vibes only is how we pick names so it's a combination of like a resume and a roast or uh, a nickname any of those things are apt ways to name your characters in Planet Arcana. Should we reveal what JD Detective's full name is? That is, is such I, a please. great idea. Yes. Oh my God. I would like to point out that I guessed this uh, the day after we had first met this NPC because I know these DMs too well. <laughs> it's really dumb. Sean, do you want to reveal it? Yeah, so JD Detective, thinking about the, the way of the minds of our DMs work, uh, <laughs> I had pieced together pretty quickly that JD st- stood for Justice Detective Detective. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sean was like, I was like, what do you think it stands for? He was like, I don't know, Justice Detective Detective. And I was just like, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> How'd you guess? Fuck you. <laughs> Whoa. That's so oh. specific that you guessed it. <laughs> well, like, I don't know, the J, like, he's, he's a cop, right? So, like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I guess justice in some in some sort of way, uh, and then the dumbest thing I could think of was detective. <laughs> detective, so. detective, detective. I mean, that detective. is the name that JD would assign himself. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that's his whole identity. And then the practicality of JD written all over it. Yeah, that's <laughs> dry as a fart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking uh. of reveals here's a question from judy it's very interesting the party place uh viridesia why was it always flooded thank you judy aka mom oh, hi, judy. <laughs> can i can i just say how piss poor of a job us players did trying to answer that question uh i i feel like as we were in viridesia we rolled like nine history checks to try and get the answer for that, and we failed every single one of them. That That's on us for putting that info behind checks. And believe, I believe me specifically. Well, the and the other thing too is just like the places are so colorful and unique that I kind of didn't second guess it too much. It was just like, yeah, there's water all over because. You know, that's the flavor of this place. It's it's pretty, you know? The, that's true, actually. The Viridesia is flooded because of uh, recent weather events that have been going on. So mm-hmm. there have been heavy winds in the Thoroughlesh caused by a certain Vulturelect. And uh, <laughs> it's, you know, just picked up a lot of the, you know, water of the lake, the little hurricanes, and dropped it down on Viridesia. And nobody cared. <laughs> to be fair to you, you folks, uh, you, you did let us know that like the the nearby lake where we found Garbazine 
looked like it was emptied some of the water that it normally like it looked like the water level right. was lower you did give us that hint we just you know we're too yeah, we... into making fun of garbazine to pay attention <laughs> uh, you're like whatever the lake tide is out <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah lake tide fucking fantasy world lake tide <laughs> um jmb uh question for you from sam lee sam sam what is the biggest curveball the players have thrown at you? I want to know the answer to this question. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there have been a bunch. Yeah. I don't know that this was a curveball, but I will say it's like one of the most, the things I was most surprised about was, um, spoilers for episode 20, <laughs> Riot <laughs> healing Skavin yep. in the networks. Mm. Yeah. That, that was, was definitely a, a huge yeah. surprise for me. That was a huge one. Um, Damn. yeah, there've been like small ones and big ones. Like, uh, well, leaving Aqualung to die <laughs> was a curveball. <laughs> leaving Aqualung, um, not killing Harley was another curveball. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, throwing the frog in your boiler, not in yep. a million years. I don't know why, but not in a million years did I think that you were going to throw that frog in your boiler. That was shocking. <laughs> right? Well, did you did you expect me to role play making out with a fucking frog uh, for seven minutes? Fully. Yes. I was like, if there's anyone who's going to do this convincingly, it's these three. <laughs> oh my god! I thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, tons oh. and like every freaking battle too. Like, there's mm-hmm. always something that y'all do. Like, I'll you know forget that crater has quick step and then he jumps off a cliff or yes. you know riot's just like i'm gonna crash this <laughs> yeah like riot crashing a crashing a fucking full-on chopper into yeah. a full-on <laughs> big bed <laughs> oh Boopy. yeah well actually actually yeah because i was gonna say also but then i was like oh this hasn't happened yet but have star sprites happened by episode 20 i was yes yes sprites. i believe star sprites were 23 so yeah. obviously star sprites yeah <laughs> were a curveball for me too <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah your fucking battle antics are something else <laughs> yeah all right uh question here for everyone and this is a question from david from reckless attack podcast new episodes every tuesday hi david and david says is there anything surprising you've learned about the other people at the table since you started planet arcana i have learned that i get really flustered when i have to flirt with anyone <laughs> but especially sky oh uh, anytime Why? yeah like half the time i'm sharing a scene with sky it's i don't know it's because of riot's demeanor i think you know <laughs> where lot. i'm just like yeah i'll i'll throw riot a fucking curveball of a line and you're just like oh yeah big boy like, oh, oh god like <laughs> Oh, I live for flirting on this podcast with you all. (laughs) (laughs) For Sean and Peter, I've been playing with them for longer. So it's just sort of like a a deepened thing of like, you know, I I think I've learned more to never assume anything that Sean's going to (laughs) do. I I would say specifically about Sky and this is something that I knew about you already but it's I think what I what I learned is like I kind of honed in on the part of Riot that like makes me think of you the person <laughs> and like you Sky you do not take bullshit from 
anybody and you like have like a zero tolerance for people trying to bullshit you and it is extraordinary (laughs) to watch because like anytime you have to be in any situation where you have to let somebody know that they're fucking bullshitting you it is amazing to watch (laughs) like (laughs) and i've seen you do the yes yeah in real life like i i have just seen you so many times just like anytime you get even like a whiff of a bullshit meter you're like absolutely not my foot is going down and i just feel like riot is like that part of you like oh my god fucking Fuck amped yeah. up to 11 <laughs> thank you I, that's the biggest compliment i've ever received. <laughs> um i'd say like the 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 just like the jaw dropping moment of learning something new about someone on on the podcast was like hearing b sing for the first time oh i was like oh Whoa. like oh. holy shit yeah you're incredible oh, right and i hadn't heard it before <laughs> oh my god did you know that she sang before you heard that song in episode no two? i did not <laughs> so you can imagine my my awe what is happening that was a great surprise for you and and riot yeah exactly yeah, there you go this is literally the best moment of my life <laughs> oh my god that's nice I think for me, it'd probably be Peter, because uh, like y- you and I have played together for five or six years now. Yeah, I feel like every character that you've played before this campaign has been kind of like a rich, stuck-up asshole. Um, <laughs> really? But, which, which, I don't think that there's any. I don't. I think there's exactly one of those. And, and you're just you're just painting years. me with the Pemberton brush. I can think of two. That, that yeah. is that's. Oh my goodness! Because okay. the first campaign, <laughs> campaign that we played you. with Sky, when I was <laughs> Manny the Minotaur, Manny. he was he was a sweet boy. Yeah, yeah but Io was definitely a spoiled brat. Io was definitely sure. I suppose, yeah. I was snob. Yeah. So that that constitutes like eighty five percent of our pre Planet Arcana D and D. So like Mr. Outrage, fully, <laughs> <laughs> fully played snobby characters. So with with, the, with that with that in mind, like I want to say, like, I loved all your characters in the past. Uh, but it's been really cool seeing you play Celestine, this like vulnerable, somewhat innocent character for the first time. I've never seen like this side of you in D and D before, and it's like really exciting, and it's really nice to not be intimidated by your character constantly <laughs> we, yeah. we we do ha- we have had a had a bit of a history of my characters maybe picking on your characters just a little bit um <laughs> and uh and so yeah no it's nice to have uh have a have a different relationship but thank you that's very sweet of you to say that's thank you yeah that was something also that was i'd never seen peter put that side of himself on the table that oh. vulnerability no. Yeah, that's usually just oh. for you. Well, yeah, well, I mean, Pemberton <laughs> and whatever. Like, you're, you're, you put your arrogance down on the table, and it's great fun. And the vulnerability is—I don't know—it's just really heart rending. <laughs> you. you got range. I do miss that arrogance, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but you get that all the time. Uh, <laughs> for me, for me, let's let's not talk about me now. Um, let's. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, it's actually Jay, and as much as you know, Uh-oh. like we, we, like again, we've been playing together for for years and years. But I think e- Jay, you consistently surprise me with the subtlety and range of your 
NPC voice work. Yep. You know, oh, and and stop. like yeah, I, I think yeah. like like obviously do credit to B. B's voices are amazing. I, I suppose that's not as much a surprise to me because I live with all those characters all the time. You know, and, <laughs> and B lives with all of mine. You know, but but for 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 you, Jay, I I feel like you've got this this great great way of it's even if you're not doing something drastic with the quality of the voice itself it's there you really capture a different way of speaking a different cadence um for pretty much every single character that you that you voice Mm -hmm. which is mind-blowing and phenomenal and to me like in many ways more impressive than just putting on an accent like you get these speech patterns down and there it's consistent and flawless and it's consistently surprises me yeah i fully fully freaking agree like i feel like jay's voice like character voices are very like identity driven like who is this person and like how does that affect how they speak versus uh i'm gonna do harold zidler but femme which is my (laughs) that's harley Harley, i honestly (laughs) i i mean i just want to say like super quickly that like i learned everything from from you peter and you b like (laughs) playing with you and the voices that you guys do i mean i learned so much from b just in like the first couple weeks of doing this podcast where b b like i remember doing prep and sorry i know we've been on this question for so long but i remember doing some prep and i was like okay well um, I'll run the sessions and B, you do NPCs. And B's like, I'm not going to do every NPC. And I was like, no, but I think you should do every NPC. <laughs> and B was like, no, no, like, that's not. And then I like, you know, it took it like, I've just learned so much being opposite B, um, especially to do with like NPC work and voice work. So I, I thank you for the compliment, but I'm going to, uh, tennis racket, the, the compliment ball back into your side of the court. My God, I'm collecting so many great fucking compliments today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. All righty then. Uh, <laughs> JMB. That's a very important question. It's from Audrey. Yeah. Audrey. And that is, how did Yeehaw convince Edict to go on a date? Oh, yes. Please. Okay. Must I... I thought about this for a while and I really think it was the other way around. I mm. really think I really think Edict was the one who asked Yeehaw out. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like Edict invited Yeehaw over on the guise of like conversion. <laughs> but then there were like candles set up and like a nice dinner for two. <laughs> I also imagine like a long buildup of like tables, like blackjack games of Riscotech played where like, you know, they each go to like reach for the pot or whatever i don't know why they'd both do that and their hands linger and touch and you know what i mean like yeah. it's just it's a oh long it's a long time coming i feel <laughs> it's oh nice. my god i'm gonna it's get nice. right to some fan fiction nice. when we're off oh my god <laughs> <laughs> audrey draw it just <laughs> a J erotic fanfic of yes. us like not <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. An eventual <laughs> perk for our Patreons. Who's to say? Oh my god, that I'll, I'll fucking do it. I'll, oh my I'll, god, I'll do it. fucking do it. Oh my god. All right, I'm going to actually uh, continue on this set of questions from Audrey. Mm. There's one that I was very interested in. What is the most popular recreational situation that one might find themselves offered? Drop silver. Nice. I have a 4,000% bulletproof answer here. (laughs) It's when you scale the jaggedy jacks. Yep. (laughs) And then you take drop silver for the way down, and it's a real rite of passage for for 
just anybody. Oh my wow. god. I want to do that. I was going to say, right? yeah, we need to do that. We actually need to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and now that I think of it, how come we have not sought out more drop silver? It just seems like it would be awesome to have on hand. Oh. Yeah. I will say, just a little peek behind the screen, there have been a couple times and a couple random encounter tables where you have missed other types of blank silver. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> that's upsetting. Oh, know. that's tasty. <laughs> that's tasty. Yeah. Yeah, for, I mean, I guess because we have so much drug creation within the party, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of drugs to be had already amongst the three of us. Mm-hmm. We don't seek out a lot of, like external recreational drugs you know we'll go and drink from time to time you know as a as a party but we don't end up looking for recreational but we are missing an opportunity here to try all of the silvers (laughs) shit silver (laughs) (laughs) that one's over the counter (laughs) (laughs) it's just a laxative (laughs) there's probably one that's real called stiff silver and it's just like it's just tiny and blue (laughs) (laughs) Stiff silver. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Hey, Pepto (laughs) silver. silver. (laughs) (laughs) All right, one more little tidbit from Audrey here that I am quite interested to know the answer in. Uh, How many times has Pacemaker committed arson? Great question. <laughs> I like almost want to do this as pacemaker. Oh, yeah, please. Come on. Why not? Okay. <laughs> it is not zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, I have a question for Jay, and I don't know who this question Ooh. is from. Um, Ooh, can you take us through the process? for creating the music for a scene in Planet Arcana. Do you have like a favorite virtual instrument or sound that really works in the Planet Arcana world? Mm, I go through phases with my instruments. So um, I I definitely write songs in batches and usually that batch will have like a lot of this instrument that I'm really into at the moment. So like, I think like per episode, like I think maybe episode chunks of like eight or so will feature a lot of the same instrument. I typically write a lot of my songs in advance because I'm the DM, so I do know what scenes are coming. Although I've talked about this before, I think on like another, I think maybe we talked about this in the Reckless Attack um, Q&A, maybe not. Anyway, I have written songs in advance before thinking that, um, like for for example, for Upriver, Downriver, I wrote a lot of songs that were like really melancholy for some reason, because I was just like, this is going to be like a really sad, like... You know, like we're going to find our lost dead captain. And then I had all these sad songs and we were just like the fucking like just on a romp with the weirdest crew. And I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do with these. <laughs> a lot of them came in later. Um, another method. I'll just give a couple quick methods. Another thing that I've been doing a lot lately is I'll like while I'm editing the episodes because I edit them too. I'll listen to my playlist of TTRPG music that I listen to while we play. And if there's ever like a mood um, from a song that I really like. I'll go and like sometimes look up the sheet music and see like what the chord uh, structures are to see like what mm. is making me feel a certain way. Um, that's my little hack because I'm not classically trained. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, a lot of it just comes from like the players and B and like and myself. Like we all do a really good job of setting the scenes. So 
a lot of the time it's super easy to know what kind of music to put under it and it just feels super natural. So I would say it's like very much guided by everybody. It does feel cool. supernatural. That's supernatural, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to say Jay like the music is just unbelievable and I think like really, I don't know, it's just an extra uh a million percent on top of all the amazing things that are already happening. So it thank really you for all you do. Yeah, Just it elevates the whole thing. Sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I'll often cry during a session and then like cry, like know that I'm going to cry even harder. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm going to get the episode. It's going to be ugly. And it's true every time. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard you mention uh, Reckless Attack in there. So we're going to go to a question from Nathan at Reckless Attack. Uh, first, for players. Um, what surprised you about your characters as you got to know them, uh, or about the other characters at the table? Nice. So as far as what surprised me about Celestine as I was getting to know him, I think the, his willingness to, to, to be part of this little crime, you know, uh, um, adventure, uh, was, uh, <laughs> right off the bat. I, I, I went into this, like, not quite knowing how, uh, how, how he was gonna feel about it. And at every turn Celestine kind of uh, um, you know shows himself to be yeah fairly on board fairly willing to like you know to 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 bend and in a lot of ways because of the people that he's around and I think the other thing that surprised me about Celestine was just how passionate and protective he he felt about uh, Riot and and uh, and crater and so so yeah that's been fun and and definitely like you know not something that i was necessarily expecting at the top as far as everybody else what uh surprised me most about crater as i got to know him definitely uh the like fluffiness of crater like the absolute (laughs) sweet cinnamon roll dad energy that crater has like when you pitched sean a a, a drug dealing barbarian i could not have expected that he would be so so paternal and so that's been that's been really cool and and it's adds a lot of depth to that character this like you know kind of reflective fellow at you know who feels like he's near the nearing the end of his life and whatnot and, and what that does to him i would be interested to know crater when he was young and see how different he would be, you know, if he's more what I imagined a drug dealing barbarian would be, you know, uh, 20, 30 years ago. Sure. Oh. As far as uh, <laughs> as far as what surprised me about Riot, and this is a really a, a testament to you, Sky, and like what you've been able to pull off from an acting perspective <laughs> with Riot is like the the real stark dualities in Riot, I think that's mm. like you you, yeah. you do that better than than yeah. than all of us. And I know we all kind of have this like, ooh, push pull to one side or another of the arcana. But you know, for Riot, we know that Riot is a fucking cool as all hell, right? And Riot <laughs> has been professionally cool for a long time and potentially quite brutal, right? Like yeah. we've seen Riot just dismantle Boy Baccarat. <laughs> and it's that kind of Riot that we're like, oh yeah, could totally see how you palled around with Scavenge for a while, you yeah. know? And then there are these other moments, these super 
tender and vulnerable moments that it almost makes me feel bad for Riot that Riot has probably been living most of her influencer career not being able to express this to anybody. You know, mm-hmm. that was one of the first things that I, I thought when when we started to see that that little bit of, of Riot, that more more vulnerable and, and, and caring, kind side of Riot is like, wow, this has been in Riot all the time and she doesn't get to express that uh, because of who she is and the and the the like the character that she's built for herself. And I think that you play that so deftly. And mm-hmm. it was a, a huge, a huge surprise to, to to sort of, you know, see, you know, that side of Riot. So, yeah, I mean, like fucking awesome. Oh. And both Riot and Crater are just a delight. I, I love everything about them. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's that's really lovely. I mean, that's actually something that like I was surprised to learn about Riot is that like she's actually really soft hearted. And that's kind of like a cool thing to uncover. And then like just as far as everybody is concerned, like the whole dynamic, I've been so like it's such a pleasant surprise to see how sentimental all three of the characters are for each other. I think that's really yeah. special and nice. We've bonded so well over this I journey. Know. I love it. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's gonna nice. be so sad when one of us dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to quickly touch on this, it's funny that Peter, you said you were surprised at how fluffy and soft Crater was. Uh, for me, like I know I answered this as a drug dealing barbarian gigantic robot, but uh, <laughs> every character that I've played in the past has always been like super friendly and super nice. Mm. So I was actually surprised that like at times Crater can be like intimidating and like fatherly and stern, <laughs> which is like <laughs> definitely character character traits that I never play in D anD D. So that's been mm. kind of fun exploring kind of that old man energy. Oh, <laughs> I, I love it. That's nice. It's very nice. I'm going to move along to another question that Nathan from Reckless Stack Podcast uh, also had. Um, And that's for everybody. Has there been an in-game moment that affected you or encouraged you to grow as a person and or player of the game? (laughs) Damn. I mean, every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What are the scenes that kind of like made me realize like what, how intimate of a like personal story this is going to be between the three of you was like the undercastle session when y'all did that truth and dare that really oh. ended up being a thing that i did not expect it to be um it was funny and silly and then it was really real and raw and then it kind of continued when y'all found the treasure and like yeah i was like damn this is living and breathing <laughs> mm-hmm. that's like you're talking about when they had like the little little fight yeah the little it, fight right? and just the yeah. way that just the way that progressed and the way that fucking sean was just a crater was like no i probably wouldn't have told you it's mm-hmm. just like oh my god yeah it really is like a collection of little moments and i think that's a that's a, a, a great example of of one you know uh um from you sean is is that decision to 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 be honest in that moment but to be brutally honest and i think it's stuff like that in terms of like growing as a player of the game whenever either one of you does something like that that's like like deeply honest and deeply in character and so moving like that it makes it definitely inspires me to sort of up my game and do even more thinking about you know celestine and who celestine is and so i would say that like on a pretty regular basis you guys make me better make me want to be better Mm -hmm. i feel sort of the same way that like i don't think i could pick one moment but i will say that i feel like i and i don't know if y'all feel this way too but i definitely feel like every session i leave 
more encouraged to be more vulnerable with everybody Mm. because everybody brings that a hundred percent to every session and really shows a lot of themselves and that's not an easy thing to do it's emotionally exhausting like it's especially because we play for like four and a half hours sometimes (laughs) and everybody comes in and just like lays their fucking emotions and vulnerability like out for us to play a game with and it's really really inspiring and it's just like every time we do that I'm like I I want to do more I want to be more for for you all because you I feel like you give so much everybody gives so much of that and themselves I um like when I started on Planet Arcana I hadn't like I think the only other full like D&D campaign that I'd done was with all of you and my partner Mick like last year uh mm-hmm. and just like the concept of D&D on its own, but also just like the concept of improv has always been like a really elusive and like terrifying thing to me. And then I realized like, oh shit, D&D is a lot of <laughs> improv. <laughs> it's then, just an improv game with lots yeah, of rules. exactly. So I like, I remember like freezing up when I realized that like near the beginning of this and I was like, oh fuck, I can't do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just like, I don't know, it kind of like it, challenges you to confront a lot of fear and I think that's something that like I need to integrate in my life a lot more is like confronting that fear uh instead of reacting to it um so that's kind of how I have been affected for sure so we got um a question here from Joshua Peters and this is for J&B together and Joshua says I've never heard of double dming until this podcast how did this come to be what do you think is the other's strength in DMing? Mm. <laughs> this one's going to be embarrassing for me. <laughs> I don't know. That's no incorrect. Take that back. Okay, we are, take it back. We are two puzzle pieces that are the exact, like we fit together just right. Oh, for sure. Well said. B is unbelievable with NPC work. I have learned so, so much from you about NPC so- work. Um, B has the best stylistic creative vision of anybody I've ever met, um, mm-hmm. which is something I definitely struggle with this is like branding, like, and B, <laughs> you just know, you know, exactly when you go into something like this, like, cause I've done projects with you before, you always know exactly what you want it to look like in like an abstract way, like the aesthetics and everything. So you're super, super good at that. Um, and obviously like your pros and your off the cuff narrations are, um, just unbelievable so fucking strong and that makes us i I think like it helps us be a cut above in that regard because you're so good at it and you have to do them off the cuff so often (laughs) yeah like how many times y'all can you remember like b ends episodes so often oh yeah because because like and it's just it just it always happens like that where it's just like something will happen then b you'll just deliver this final line where it's just like and we'll find out about this next time. And every time yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm excited, even though I know it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, I think that folks could be forgiven for thinking that you write the endings and some of that stuff in advance when I, sure. I know that you you don't because it's uh, it, it it often comes off incredibly smooth and and you know just very impressive oh, like, yeah. I, like the ending of the solmazade estate episode b where you Holy have that, that off the cuff narration as like a uh, crater is spiraling uh mm-hmm. that's like one of the best narrations i've ever heard and it, i know you did that like ad lib like on the yeah. spot i think oh. that was amazing yeah. oh, damn i'm <laughs> blushing so fucking hard <laughs> 
The but police I, are coming for your good yeah. Yeah. skills. <laughs> Too good. But I don't know. Like I'm a I'm a freaking I don't know, I feed off y'all and you know, I don't think it's a surprise that like Jay especially. So there's that. But um, I want to talk about Jay now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the puzzle piece thing is really, really good. But I'll also say that, like, at this point, the lines are starting to bleed, like those the lines of separation in certain areas. And that's yeah. really fun. Um, but Jay is like God almost <laughs> in a way just like in the in the terms of being like the the like an architect and engineer and also storyteller where they're just like okay you're here looking down on planet arcana and i'm like several galaxies away looking down on planet arcana and i can like the way they foresee like problems that are going to happen um the care that they have for like what the players are going through and what they're going to want to do like jay is like much better than me i would say at like putting themselves in the feet of the players and thinking of like solutions that we need to have you know and like a ton of like oh the way that they design a city oh my god there's oh like there's so much that i'm freaking in awe of and like just then and then on top of that like their mechanical knowledge and their experience that they bring with them and like i think that going into this one of the things i was most self-conscious about was everyone being able to tell how green of a dm i am um and I like I just get to hide behind Jay's flair sometimes, or especially in the, in the beginning where I was just like, "It's fine, you know, I can just dash Jay." And there's a lot of shit that gets cut where I'm like, "Jay, what do we roll for this?" <laughs> so, That's okay. Knowing yeah. what to roll does not a good DM make. No, but being able to like play seven D chess is and learning seven D chess from Jay has been really freaking cool, especially having been a player in their games for so long. Um, realizing how much 7D chess that they played with us to the point where like I look back on my experience and I'm just like I can't believe that I didn't realize that Jay was making all these decisions behind the scene it just felt like a real world that I was in where stuff happened you know anyway that's nice I'm glad you felt like that I'm also super inspired by composing (laughs) oh Why is that so sinister? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's my second time we're talking about my music, and now I just need to be a little gremlin about it. Yeah. Like, wait till I drop my diss track against you. And then we'll see how you feel. <laughs> All right, nice. I've got one. Well, okay, I've got 1.5 more questions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is uh, last one kind of for, for everybody involved here because this is like quite uh, an experience starting your own podcast in this way. And this is a question from Jonathan Zed again. Uh, and this is any advice for anyone who wants to start a D&D 5e actual play podcast? Ooh, I do have some advice. I'm going to say no, um, find someone like B <laughs> who knows what the vision is. And then figure out what that vision is in like less than 10 words and make sure that that's that no one else is doing those specific 10 words and then just fucking (laughs) hammer on those 10 words. (laughs) I just, you know, there's just like there's there's a sea of people doing this. And so you have to you have to be different. You have to stand out. My one piece of advice, super simple. Uh, if you can afford $40, buy yourself a good microphone. Yes, I think that too, for sure. It will make it sound better and it'll make your editor's job a lot easier. True. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, like, keep an eye on your your recording software, <laughs> generally, because <laughs> they stop for no reason sometimes. It happened during this Q and A. Check mine right now. <laughs> oh, I have one more piece of advice. Get everybody in the in who's doing your actual play with you to do a job. Yes, mm. that's something that we've done and it's super helpful especially because like with you know especially like don't make your dms do like like if someone else can do twitter that's probably a good idea if someone (laughs) i say this as the dm who does twitter i like doing twitter so it's fine but like you know just like just make sure that there's like there's so much work involved in an actual play that's not just playing D &D and make sure everybody's doing a little bit of it Mm -hmm. it's healthy it's It's healthy. healthy and speaking of healthy also like i think uh, just as a group, you all do a really good job of this, but just like checking in with people and like having debriefs, like making sure everybody's on the same page, just like emotionally. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. And like having just like the, um, like the protocol to check in afterwards and be like, you were really great at this. You were really good at that. When we have like mm-hmm. a sit down, when we have like a session, I think that's just like very, uh, apt. And I think, um, I don't know, as, as, as artists, I think is really like, it just helps us do better and grow. Well, that's something that we had yeah. to learn too. Right. Cause like when we first, yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we first started this, like, I don't want to speak to everybody here, but I think we're all kind of anxious wrecks at times. Right. <laughs> yep. uh, so like a- after the first yes. couple of sessions, like we would, we would end the session. Uh, and then like we would stop recording and then we start talking about the session and all of a sudden we would stop and be like, no, 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 save it for recharge, save it for recharge. And then we just wouldn't <laughs> talk about it. And then so then we we would wait a week to record the recharge and then we'd just kind of fester about it. So it's, it's good just like immediately after a session, like as Sky was saying, just, hey, you were great at this. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, this was so cool when you did this, you know, mm-hmm. just making sure everyone's, yeah. everyone's good. Yeah. And I think on on that, like play with people you trust you know because mm. it, we've been talking a lot about like you know the the vulnerability and 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 all of that and you know the our our comfort level with checking in with each other and all that and that i comes from you know being friends and 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 you know having a certain amount of like actual openness and trust in each other um you know as as people and uh i i kind of think it won't work if if you don't have that if you don't have that level of comfort and trust because like every time we do this we kind of put you know we put ourselves in everybody else's hands right and (laughs) and uh and uh and and you you need to you need to know that like i i know that my scene partners will be there for me whoever they are you know i know that we're gonna we're gonna play well together um you know uh during during the scene and i and i i certainly know that jay's gonna make us sound fucking awesome when we're done (laughs) and there's a there's there's a lot of that that was learned as well you know we walked away from some sessions going like is that did that lag a little bit did that you know like Mm, would it sound okay and then jay gives us the like the rough cut and we're like oh fuck yeah oh yeah okay and and we got to just throw those anxieties out the window after a while because you know we could trust that you know our 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 editor and dm was gonna make us sound fucking amazing thanks jay yeah thanks jay (laughs) i don't have to do a lot i just cut the and we play remotely so i just have to cut our remote silences and then everything we say is perfect and i never cut anything (laughs) (laughs) that's that's right (laughs) i uh didn't think i would have any advice at the start of this but now i do i have two advices the first is hire Norden Ali. Mm. Yes. yes. Very nice. Good advice. As your first guest. That is yes. the perfect first guest. If you've never had a guest, 
get Norden as your guest. Yes. My second piece of, of advice is finished, not perfect. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great. Great. It's yeah. good. Great advice. And the point five question <laughs> that I had, this was... I couldn't look away from this on the question sheet. <laughs> and I have, I must say it. And it's a question for Sean. How big is butt? She's juicy, baby. <laughs> How big is butt? How, How big, big is butt? How big? Uh, it's, you know, like, if you'd asked me that two years ago, it was... It was all right, but two years of a pandemic. Oh, baby, she's juicy. Yeah, <laughs> juicy. <laughs> baby. Baby. Oh, yeah. Oh. We are ass clapping, super <laughs> slapping, <laughs> juicy good times oh out here. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Do you guys know who a- who asked that question? By the way? I have no idea. Sean? Who was it? Is it Sean? It's, it was Sean. Oh my <laughs> god! You got me. <laughs> I was I was trying to figure out how how Google Forms work, and I figured it out. So. <laughs> how big is butt? So it was like oh it was like who was like but a person was butt like a concept? Like what was the question like framed around? <laughs> Sounds like a freaking eight-year-old using Google for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Just boobs in, in the Google search. Like, non- how, big, how big is, how big is boobs? <laughs> how big is butt? <laughs> uh, how is baby formed? Uh, and oh. this has been our Planet Arcana Q&A in honor of our big ARC 1 finale, episode 24 coming out. Thank you. You all killed it on your questions. Players and DMs, you all killed it on the answers. <laughs> um, if we missed a few of your questions, I'm deeply sorry, but I'm sure we'll be doing this again. Thank you to everyone for listening along this far and for your endless support and love. And I think I speak for everyone here when I say uh, we can't wait to show you what we're cooking up next. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We... You, you never, never. <laughs> <laughs>